Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, where parenthood meets professional development. We'll be covering all things business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be interviewing inspiring guests who've been showing up as their full selves as parents and blurring the lines between their personal and professional lives. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com to join our movement to parents seeking to invest in themselves alongside their kids. The next interview series on the podcast features Devin Fiddler, a Cree parent from the Waterhen Lake First Nation in Saskatchewan. Devin is the chief changemaker of She Native Goods Incorporated, a brand of handbags and accessories dedicated to elevating Indigenous women and girls. She is a speaker, influencer, thought leader, and program developer in entrepreneurship, leadership, and skills development. Our conversation is split into three parts. In this second mini episode, we talk about what an average day looks like for her as an entrepreneur and parent during the pandemic, sustaining her business over seeking growth, and using her intuition in decision making. Let's get into it. This question, I sent it to you in advance. I don't know if it's even able to be answered, but what does an average day look like for you right now in terms of your schedule? So you mentioned dropping them off at daycare. How are you structuring your time in the windows of time that you do have? I basically have to play it by ear (laughs) every day. And so I intend to get up earlier every single day and it never works. Um, Sometimes it takes me about an hour to an hour and a half, maybe sometimes even two hours just to get them ready and to get myself ready to usher them out. I'm cleaning up accidents in between, spillages in between, getting them out the door. So just getting them out the door is one of the most challenging things for me and me trying to compose myself and not get frustrated with that process. And then taking them to daycare, there's so much time that goes into it. So I usually get to work anywhere between 9.30 to 10 o'clock, sometimes 10.30 when it's a bad day. (laughs) And um, sometimes if I'm lucky, I can start working at nine o'clock. There's a lot of delays when it comes to actually getting work started. And morning is usually the best time for me to get work done. Sometimes what I do is I sit down in the morning and get some things done while they're running around doing whatever, because for me, that's the best focus time. And then I get them ready and take them to daycare a little bit later. So and then I go to my store or I've come back and work from home. It's a 20 minute drive for me. And it's just every day, like I play by ear, like what is the most important thing. And I try to structure my time in advance, but sometimes it doesn't work out unless I have very specific things scheduled. And I think working with the schedule really helps me to stay on track and stay on top of things. But I also have to remember my whole day shouldn't be meetings. It should be uh, focused on the important things that matter. Sales and marketing, responding to customer emails. I kind of even have to delegate that now because it just gets to be too much. And even just responding to emails takes so much of my time. And so now I structure everything by priority. What's the most important task of the day? And what are the top tasks that I can actually complete today? And I try not to overwhelm myself because there's a ton of things that I have to do, but I just pick the priorities. And then I drop off packages at the end of the day and pick up my boys before, <laughs> before I get a late fee. <laughs> 
And yeah, that's my day pretty much. Fridays, it's a little bit different because my partner's home and he's able to be there to pick up and drop off. And I get a little bit more flexibility sometimes. <laughs> so that's, that's my like a bit of routine. I used to set an alarm on my phone when I was sending them to daycare so that it would go off in case I was at an event or somewhere that I knew the traffic would be bad mm-hmm. to avoid not just the late fee, but yeah, they close at a certain time. So you have to get there. And, uh, <laughs> and I would always feel like oh really I can't even something I couldn't remember I just feel like time really blurs whenever you have kids and you don't always realize what time it is I'm going to switch tacks here a bit and talk about your I want to say social enterprise she native Mm -hmm. uh, she native goods and whether you have advice for other people who are also parents and aspiring business owners who want to either or are already building a business and want to build a brand that has a social impact like what you've created I would say start I guess know what you want first first of all know whether or not you want to start a big business what is your goal I think once you have an idea about where you want to be, then it becomes easier to figure out what your priorities should be. So I've always wanted to start a big business, but I couldn't do that because I had little ones to look after. So I had to manage my expectations. And as they grow older, now I'm starting to get a little bit more freedom to be able to focus on growth instead of sustaining. Right now, like throughout the years, it's been sustaining my business and growing at a slower rate than what I previously wanted to happen for my business. And I've also like things have just changed completely for me from when I first started out when I first started out, I was working 24 seven working all the time, always thinking about new ideas until my boy came. (laughs) And then things just completely changed. And I was working um, 30% of the time compared to previously. So if you have young children, my advice to you is to take things slow and take things, take kind of the path of least resistance, I would say, and don't overwhelm yourself with these high expectations about what a good parent should be. So for example, sleep training, co-sleeping, don't overwhelm yourself with that stuff and do what works, what is easiest. (laughs) Take the path of least resistance. So my kids are still still end up finding me every single day and I still co-sleep but you know I need to get sleep so that I can be functional for my business the next day so I we we still do the co-sleeping because of that because I need my sleep they need their sleep and that's how I prioritize things also yeah I think that's like the main the main thing especially if you have young children and toddlers um but things do get easier for you after um they start growing up a little bit more and you have a little bit more help but it's more just managing your expectations and managing your own mindset around your expectations and really relate to that I (laughs) have done a lot of co-sleeping and there was a period where my partner was overseas and we were relocated to Canada and I Mm -hmm. I just was like I'm not even thinking about this Uh, we're doing it because like you said it's sometimes it's like a survival thing what's going to help me get through this day Mm -hmm. and what's the easiest thing I can do 
do. So does that include your how you approach business as well in terms of your decision making? Like if something seems like it will have a long lead time, or it's say too hard basket, I'm, I don't have time for that. Do you just park it? Or are you more strategic about what you pursue and don't pursue? I am a little bit more strategic now. I say no a lot more than I used to. I used to say yes to every single opportunity that came my way. And now I have to assess the opportunity and how I assess the opportunities is more by my mission. So my why in She Native is to help elevate Indigenous women and girls, inspire Indigenous women and girls to pursue entrepreneurship as an option and economic self-sustainability. So those are my main missions in life. And it shows through in everything that I do from my facilitation to my speaking and pretty much everything I do. It's all about helping women to become self-sustainable and self-sufficient. And I love coaching and mentoring other women on starting a business. Growth, I feel like that's a whole other ball game. <laughs> like I'm kind of like in, in that stage for my own business right now. But for example, what I do do is I will assess the opportunity based on my mission. So I ask myself the question, does this opportunity relate to my mission? Does this opportunity help elevate Indigenous women and girls? And if it's yes, then I say, then I say yes. And if it's no, then I say no. I get a lot of speaking requests, but a lot of people aren't willing to pay their entrepreneurs um, a fee or a speaking fee, but yet like men always it's like always like an expectation so but for women it's a little bit different where like we're always expected to volunteer for these things and I completely understand why but at the same time I think that the people who are requesting speaking opportunities should also consider that for women so I also I use that too as a guide too and will the opportunity provide for my family so I do any free speaking um engagements or podcasts and interviews that relate to my mission. But if it's something that doesn't, I usually request for that speaking fee or I say no, if it just doesn't relate to anything that I'm doing, if it's just doesn't feel good for me. And I use my intuition a lot with a lot of these opportunities. I do get like a lot of requests now and it is, it can be hard to like respond to all of them. So I (laughs) have a lot of challenges with with that too right now. So right now I do have an admin assistant that kind of helps me navigate that and sift through the opportunities for me too. So, and that just actually started. So now I'm not so unresponsive. I'm a little bit more responsive now. (laughs) I appreciate you responding regardless, because honestly, (laughs) there's people that I've been asking to speak at events or the podcast that, you know, I've spoken to them for a couple of years and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you taking the time because I totally agree with what you say. And I, I believe that if you say no to more things that aren't right for you mm-hmm. and other things will come to you. And I don't think we talk about trusting our intuition enough. I rely yes. on it a lot myself. And when you quiet everything else in your mind and you let things come to the surface, you can decide things with more conviction, I find. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I go through, I actually try to tap into my intuition and I try less 
of the analysis approach where you kind of have to pros and cons and is this a good fit for my company? But you always like have that gut, that intuition and gut feeling there already. And what I used to do is I used to just analyze things, analyze until I would get like analysis paralysis and then I just wouldn't make a decision on something. But I knew in my gut that it was the right thing to do. And it did actually take me a couple of months to decide to close down my retail store. <laughs> and I knew I had to do it, but I was analyzing it way too long before I actually did it. That's a big decision though. And mm -hmm. your gut is the same thing that is telling you that your child has marker all over his face whenever you're not looking. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again to Devin for taking the time to speak about scheduling, taking the path of least resistance, learning to say no, and trusting her intuition. The next episode will feature the final part of our conversation where we'll talk about what she wishes someone would have told her before becoming a parent and how she's living out her mission to elevate Indigenous women and girls. Check out Devin and her work at SheNative.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. You can access more parent-friendly professional development, flexible and remote work with kids resources on my website at MixingBabiesAndBusiness.com. Thanks for listening.